Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 23, which begins with awkward small talk between Bubba Zanetti and the Station Master, and it (laughs) ends with the toe cutter marveling at the Station Master's philosophy. Although technically it's him marveling at the Station Master's fill, but that's frustrating, so we're going to talk about the whole line. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yesterday... We ended on the station master remarking that there wasn't much left of the Knight Rider. And oh my gosh, he's he says that. And then Bubba Zanetti kind of just kind of his head kind of tilts and he says, must have cut out his heart, eh? And I'm like, whoa, dude. <laughs> like, I kn- yeah, I wasn't really sure how to read that. Yeah. Like, and the, the, the station master, he like gives him the side eye at first and then he slowly turns his head. And even even Johnny the boy behind him is kind of like, like whoa, what? dude. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a poorly timed, ill-conceived joke. But at the same time, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the station master says, I think a little bit defensively, trying to correct his poorly timed joke. That, yeah, that's what I meant. Poor bastard. Oh. And then... As soon as he calls Knight Rider a bastard. We get a shot of the toe cutter. Yes. And he spins around. Puts fingers on his face. Yes. And real quick about the fingers. He's not like gripping the station master's face. Yeah. His fingers are placed on his his neck and his face. Yeah. Just holding it in, in place, but not violently. I mean, he got there violently. It was a violent transition. And which you can see by the look on the the agent's face. Oh yeah, his eyes go wide. His eyes go really big. I when I was prepping this section, I paused it right at the perfect moment, like almost right where we have it paused right now, where his eyes just got real big. It's it's great, great little bit of acting. Yeah, but yeah. once his fingers are there, not so much on the violence. Yeah, because I mean he's got a couple of fingers on it. Hit the his yeah his chin, cheeks, neck, and just. You could- Holding him in place. He's like pressing ever so slightly as to wrinkle the skin and like putting ever so slight pressure on his face just to hold his focus one on one. Yes, because Toe Cutter doesn't need to do that violently. He doesn't need to forcefully with a grip and pain hold your face looking at his face. He just needs to put that, that structure in place to make sure that you don't have the option to look away. Yes, because he doesn't need the physical power because he has the the emotional power, the presence, the authority mm-hmm. to hold the gaze. He doesn't have to violently hold the gaze. Yeah. Yes. So before Toe Cutter spins around, I was listening to the background and we've got, you know, like birds and general outside noise. Mm-hmm. And then Toe Cutter spins around, puts his hands on the station master's face. And I mentioned this yesterday, and you heard it as we were watching it before hitting record, where you get kind of this air raid siren noise. Yeah. And it lasts all the way through where he says that, uh, where he says the Knight Rider, that is his name, the Knight Rider. And then like the sound just stops. Kind of, yeah. Like very suddenly. It doesn't drown out. It just kind of stops. 
Yes. So it seems like it's really meant to accentuate the toe cutter spinning around and forcing the station master's attention to himself. It's like a... And then then it's over. It's like an audio red flag. Yes. (laughs) the, The audio version of someone standing by with a couple of red flags saying, Hey, hey, this is bad. Yes. There's, there's, there's a line that's been crossed. Because last minute, oh, yesterday he was doing so well, just towing the line. Yes. Not stepping over it. Yep. And he just said and, the one wrong thing. Yep. And he was fine joking about how there's not much left of whoever's in the coffin. Once he called that person a bastard, it was done. Oh, yeah. All bets it off. It was done. So... Toe Cutter clarifies that his name was the Knight Rider, mm-hmm. repeats himself, and then oh. wordlessly, just with his presence, commands the station master to agree with him and saying, say, you know, saying his name, yeah. Knight Rider. I love Hugh Key's burn in this scene specifically because this is the first time that we really get to see his acting, his intensity. And yes, it's very good. He's a commanding presence on the screen, but as soon as he starts talking, he's oh, he's he's just he exudes film antagonist. Yes. <laughs> it's really it's really quite impressive his few lines in this in this minute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Very impressive. But yeah, he says he says the Night Rider twice, and the stage master is like, "Yeah, the Night Rider." Yes, the Night Rider. Uh, and I did make a comment that the agent, the the station master, his sass is gone. Oh yeah, he is done being sassy. He I think he knew knew when to stop. Mm. You know, I I guess he could have he could have thrown some sass toe cutter's way, but up till now, none of his sass was directed at toe cutter. Right. So I think he has the the intelligence and the cleverness to not give Toe Cutter any sass. And so it's over. I think he could tell that Bubba Zanetti was not the top dog. He could tell because he, he was outside watching the Yeah, he the watched the whole by. thing. So I think he got a sense very clearly and very quickly who was in charge, who was second, who the muscle is, who he can treat in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Bubba, I think, yeah, Bubba got the brunt of all of the station master's, master's attitude. Um, Toe Cutter got absolutely none of it. Oh, yeah, because... Toe Cutter got nothing but obedience from the station master. Yeah, because by the time that the station master had Toe Cutter's attention, Toe Cutter was on him. Yes. Uh, then Toe Cutter says... Remember him when you look at the night sky. <laughs> so, which is it's very poetic. It is very poetic and it it got me thinking. It's easy to say something like that when the person who you're talking about has a nickname like the the night the rider. The night rider. Yes. So, oh, okay, it's the night rider. Remember him when you look at the night sky. Well, what if they were at a different train station picking up a coffin where the person in the coffin was Diabando or Kundalini? Like you say, oh, his name was Kundalini. Remember him when you see when you eat Italian food, you know? <laughs> well, we did talk about when when we first named Knight Rider way back, way way back, twenty minutes ago. We did talk about the possibility that Knight Rider was his nickname because he was the rider who rode at night. Yeah. And actually, the way that Toe Cutter says the name Knight Rider, he says it as two distinct words. Yeah. Whereas most people, like Max, 
say Knight Rider like one word, which is how we say Knight Rider. Yeah. But Toe Cutter says it in two words. Oh, he puts so much emphasis on each syllable. Yes. So that leads me to believe that Knight Rider's role in the group was that he was the one who transported goods at night. I got the the big sense from Toe Cutter talking about the Knight Rider that Knight Rider wasn't necessarily a main part of the gang, but he was someone that they worked with. I know that we, we talked about that when we were discussing his role and his connection to the Toe Cutter when he first mentioned him. Mm-hmm. But I, I think this reverence is something reserved for an associate, someone who you've worked with, someone who has helped you expand your enterprises, you know, a, a yes. respected figure. So you think not necessarily a formal part of the gang, but somebody who has worked with the gang. Yeah, a respected colleague, so to speak. Yeah. Because all of the gang members are underlings. Yes. Like, he has authority over them. And the Knight Rider, the way he talks about him, you know... It's with more respect than you would imagine way him. Way more respect. I can imagine him talking with that much respect about Bubba. And we see that he has some level of affection for Johnny the boy. Mm-hmm. But these other... The other members of the crew... Mm, I don't know. I don't really see it. So, yeah. Speaking of the other members of the crew... Is it Starbuck? So Starbuck right and, and, and Diabando oh, okay. are behind... So Diabando is standing behind Bubba and Starbuck is standing behind Johnny the Boy. Did you notice this whole scene, every time we get a reverse shot on the Station Master, everybody but Johnny stone still? Yes, I looked for interesting things happening in the background during this conversation. And even Johnny is not that... Telling a little bit, he he makes some faces, mm-hmm. but not really a lot. Johnny's definitely the most expressive. Yes, of the four gang members, <laughs> Bubba Zanetti. This entire scene, he's just like glaring, glaring at the station master, and it's so effective. Oh yeah, because even if his the station dark master, eyes, like he still has his dark eyebrows. Yeah, from because he's not really blonde, and so his his whole eye area is very dark and intense. Mm. And he uses it to great effect. Yeah, because even if the Station Master isn't looking at Bubba Zanetti, when someone is glaring at you, you can almost you like feel, feel it. it. And he's been glaring at the Station Master that way the whole time. The so whole the Station minute. the Station Master knows exactly what Bubba Zanetti is doing right now. He's glaring at him. So not only does he have the toe cutter staring at him with his hands on his face, but he's also got Bubba Zanetti just... Like right over his shoulder. Staring Looming. knives into him. Yes. And honestly... He he still knows that Starbuck and Diabato right, are Right, he knows back they're there. all back there. I think he, he got the sense about Starbuck that he's the muscle, and I would assume by now, I'm sorry, what was his name again? Diabondo. Diabondo, that he's also the muscle. So he knows that Toe Cutter has set up this scene in his own favor, in oh, yeah. Toe Cutter's favor. So, yeah. Going back to the expressiveness of Johnny, though... <laughs> He gives some significant glances, and he looks around a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I think we get a real sense of his... I want to say that he's still pretty fresh. Yes, he's still... And he's obviously... I mean, he's very young. Oh, yeah. And he's still relatively low in the ranks. Mm -hmm. I mean, when your job is to dust off your boss, that's that's pretty menial, I guess. Um, I think he's probably just happy to be in that particular circle at that particular moment mm. and not to have been left behind by the bikes. You know what his relationship to the toe cutter kind of reminds me of Jon Snow 
and Knight Commander Mormont. When Jon Snow gets to the Wall, he's yeah. assigned as the steward to the Knight Commander. Right. And I feel like he's very much fresh. He's very much an underling, but his responsibilities are very important. Yeah, because Johnny is taking care of the menial needs of the dude in charge. Yes. And sure, it looks like a demeaning position. Right, which John thought as well, but then it was suggested to him that he got that job particularly to groom him to be the night commander. So I feel like, yeah, so, there's potential there that the toe cutter can see. Yes. We get a little bit more, I think we get a little bit more insight into their relationship a little bit down the road. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so that'll, that'll be interesting to see. There's going to be a beach scene later on that's pretty telling about their relationship. Yes. The agent, the uh, the station master, when told to think of Knight Rider when he looks at the night sky, the way he says that he will, I believe him. Oh, yeah. It was very sincere. And I thought that was very well played because he has now lost like all his power and he's at the mercy of Toe Cutter. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say, I will, just to appease Toe Cutter, mm. which I think is what most people would do, would probably say it too fast. Yeah. And probably repeat themselves. He just takes a pause and says, I will. Yeah, the inflection in his voice is incredibly sincere. Yes. And I think that went a long way with Toe Cutter. Also, you know, what happens in the next few seconds also go a long way with Toe Cutter. But I think that was... I think the foundation was started right here when he was so sincere about that he will think of Knight Rider yeah. when he looked at the night sky. Speaking of thinking of things and looking, the position of the toe cutter's hands, it's not the exact same position as like the Vulcan mind meld. But it does kind of... It kind of invokes... It does. Like that. the purposeful placing of fingers around the neck and face mm-hmm. to, yeah, it is, yes, it, it is reminiscent. Yeah, because he's making, he's making a physical connection in order to accentuate a connection of focus. Yes. You know, he wants to make sure that they're on the same wavelength. Yes. And so, like I said, it's... It invokes memories of the Vulcan mind meld. I'm not saying that he's trying to like psychically attack him or anything like that, but it, it, it just made me think of it. It does. I mean, the Vulcan stuff is very, very much about control, and that's exactly what's going on here. Mm. So when you when you place your hands upon somebody else's face or neck in whichever way, whether it's lovingly, like to kiss somebody. Or whether it's violently to choke them. Like, it's about control. Mm-hmm. You're taking the center, you know, the center of their personality being their 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 brain and their face. And you are physically controlling it. So I, I think it is very... It's also... It has an, a, a lot of the similar things behind it. It's also incredibly intimate to yes. touch someone else's face. Yes. Um, to, in this instance, I think the word that most adequately would work is... To violate that area. Absolutely. I like the word violate because what he does next is Toe Cutter tells the station master to take his hat off. Which brings me back to what I mentioned last minute about he didn't become the station master until he put the hat on. Yeah. And that was his authority. Now he's being told to take it off. He Toe Cutter is taking away his authority. Ooh. And the way that Station Master takes his hat off, he takes off very slowly, like he pauses. He's very purposeful in his movements, mm-hmm. which is very, it's wonderful to watch. He he takes his hat off, 
taking it off forward yeah. so that it covers his face. And he's very slow and purposeful about the movements. So it is covering his face for a good maybe second and a half. And I, I got the message that that was his last ditch effort to put his authority as station master in between Toe Cutter and himself. Yeah. Quite literally. And I like that he in his movements, he moved so slowly because he recognized that he was in a situation where, metaphorically speaking, he was a lamb surrounded by wolves and he yes. needed to not make any sudden movements exactly. to Exactly, no sudden movements. Um, and I... In addition to Toe Cutter purposely taking away his authority, I also thought asking him to take off his hat was out of respect for the dead. Oh, absolutely. That also occurred to me. Um, it's quite possible it was both. Yeah. I like that as the station master removes his hat and brings it down in front of his face, Toe Cutter's hands fall away. Yes, because he no longer needs to control him in that way. Mm-hmm. He, It's like... It's like he has hypnotized him and he need, he no longer needs to actively hypnotize him because it's already done. Right. Yeah. So good. Uh, and then I noted that once the, once the hat comes off, the agent is now completely and utterly submissive. Oh, yeah. He, he straight up says anything, anything you say. Anything you say. Yeah. Which is the lead in to one of the best lines in the movie and absolutely i think we've said this before and we'll say it again i'm sure but this is one of the best lines in the movie oh yeah any and toe cutter replies with anything i say what a wonderful philosophy you have oh and it's not just that he says it he the just way says, just like i said every syllable emphasize anything i say, say. like yeah it's like he's thinking about it like and the possibilities it. As he's saying it, he's like mulling it over. It's like when you drink a good wine, like you mull it over in your mouth and you pull all the flavors out and you really enjoy it before swallowing it. That's what he's doing. Yeah. He's really contemplating. Like, oh, anything I say. The complete submissiveness of being told anything you say. Yes. And, oh, and just his expression. It's just... He's got this smile. And I know he's the bad guy. But at this moment, before we get to know and see some of the bad things that happen later on, I'm like, why? He's so damn charming. Right? Like, I'm kind (laughs) of rooting for him. First of all, he's much more interesting than Max so far. In the two minutes that we've seen him, and this is the first minute with dialogue from him, like, I'm already much more interested in him than I am in Max. Yeah. You get a sense that the toe cutter has more... More joie de vivre. Yes. Where Max has a job, Max has a family, and he's, Much he's more getting every pulled day. around. He's yes. so normal. And the Absolutely. toe cutter is so abnormal. Right. We're not excited by the normal. Yeah. We're excited by the uh, by the unique and the people who, who don't live the average life that we live mm-hmm. with a family and jobs and a mortgage and car payments and grocery shopping and he has none of that yeah i've i've heard before that if you're going to make a movie that or a story or a book that your movie should focus on the most interesting time either day month year of your character's life like if you're gonna if you're gonna create a narrative make sure that this isn't just another it's not another tuesday for them this needs to be the most interesting thing that they do and for max i He gets to that point. Yes. Like we start out with Max just doing everyday stuff. 
there, there's even comments about I'll, I'll just, it, it's just another piece in my threat collection. Yeah. And oh, you made the news again. They make a point of saying that this is normal. Yeah. I mean, and then until we get to like the second half of the movie where abnormal things start happening yeah. to him. But, I mean, he lives an exciting life. Anything for any normal Joe, like for the caravan driver and her husband, like that that's was, an incredibly interesting day. Yes. You know, for the mom with her toddler in the road, that was an incredibly interesting day. Yeah. But for Max, it's ordinary. Yes. And that's why he doesn't grip us quite like right. the toe cutter does. Right. The, the story is of how we get to Max's most interesting day. Yeah. We're told over and over again by Max that this is just this normal is for him. This is ordinary. Toe cutter, we don't get any of that. No. Everything he does is new and interesting. But if you think about the life of a motorcycle gang leader, this doesn't seem terribly unusual. Like, with that lifestyle, people die. Yeah. So it may not be an everyday occurrence, but when you live that lifestyle, you're going to lose people. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to go get them from the train station. And even people that you have affection for or respect for that he seems to have for Knight Rider. So while this might not be normal, I just don't see how it's the most interesting day he's had. Right. And that's why he's not the protagonist. Right. But we're still incredibly interested in him, I think, mostly because of the performance of the actor. Oh, yeah. Hughes Keysburn is just entrancing. Yes, he is. Entrancing. And did I mention his smile? Like... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's a very attractive young actor. Yep. He gets a bit more rugged as he gets older, but... And I mean, here I am calling him rugged as he gets older. He's got a five o'clock shadow and crazy hair and whatnot, but... Yeah, incredibly charming actor Yes, for such a sinister role. It's interesting that we're going on and on about, you know, Hugh Keys Burns' charm. But the actor who, you know, has achieved world fame for his charm is Max, is Mel mm. Gibson. But in this instance, right now, he's, he, it's, right now, he's not the star. Yeah. And I know it's because... Right now, we're paying attention to the motorcycle gang. But right now, Toe Cutter is the star. Yeah. I think we're definitely going to see, once we get to Road Warrior, the the change that Max's character get, gets to. Yes. Because... Like we start to see it at the very, very end of this movie. And then big dramatic change for next movie. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that we get cut off in this it is a shame i would have liked to have finished fully saying philosophy yes but that just means we'll get to talk about his philosophy again next minute so be sure tomorrow to visit our website at madmaxminute.com you can follow us on twitter at madmaxminute and like us on facebook at facebook.com slash madmaxminute Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 23. We'll see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and men, take me to the end of the dream.